millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Derek. <laughs> and I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. Welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit. Hello guys. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit. Alex has just stuck his middle finger at me because I've come for him once again. I would never do such a thing. Of course not. Um, thank you guys thing. so much for listening. Unfortunately, we are still missing our third limb. Um, I, I feel like we should shout him because we haven't been shouting him out. Derek, where are you? <laughs> where are you, Derek? Actually, I feel like he's like living the life you know through the alchemist. You know, he's going to find that. Path oh God, find that thing. And he's just, I could just picture Derek with like a long beard and like a staff. On a mountain. I can't, be- I can't imagine him that. His beard does not connect. Um, wow, you're rude. But, you're very rude. Um, whilst he's out there, we have another third limb joining us. We have an us amazing guest today, today. Guys. So really, really excited to introduce you to Gehinde Andrews, author of... Back to Black. Retelling, Back- retelling. Black <laughs> Radicalism for the 21st century. Hey, back in the Andrews. Welcome, sir. Hi, we're happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us because I, I, the first time I saw this book, right, someone in publishing received mm-hmm. it and I saw the cover mm-hmm. and I was like, this cover is amazing. Yeah. I don't know if, like, it, it looks better than it is. No, That's what I always no, say. no it's, absolutely it's, not. It's like, beautiful, man. When I got it, I was like, oh my God. So it's hella black. <laughs> it's hella black. It just has, like, the black written in red. Yeah. But otherwise, it's like, matte black and the writing's like shiny it's guys it's, it's just a beautiful book to have it's a good book so it's a good book. obviously and we, read it <laughs> yeah we've seen quite a few people talking about it i've seen on my social medias yeah. anyway mm-hmm. a few people mentioning it i think i was watching somebody's story and they were reading out a passage of it and i was like yeah. oh i can't wait mm-hmm. to get into this because the passage was quite spiky okay so um <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll get into the book in a bit but how was everybody's week how's everybody doing my week has been very good thank you mm-hmm. have i done anything interesting this week no no I don't think so. I've cleaned my house. Um, just done a bit of life admin. Oh, I did a interview with Stylist Magazine. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes talking yes. about sleep. Yeah, and, and about how she doesn't get any. <laughs> about, yeah, about how I don't get much sleep. Yeah. Um, and how like insomniac I was. Yeah. I get like four hours, 58 minutes average currently. Um, my body just wakes me up randomly. I cannot have a lie in this morning. I woke up at 5.30. Oh, wow. And I just lay in bed. So yeah, guys. Yeah, line for me is guys, eight o'clock. 
but a lion is like eight. Yeah, a lion's eight a.m. That's not a lion. <laughs> that's, not, that's what like I mean. Like I wake up at the same time. Every, like even today was like quarter to eight. Really? I wake up just naturally. Like I just. But yeah. I feel rested. It's like I'd probably be asleep by midnight. What time? Oh, okay. And then I'll be up by. I'll be awake by quarter to eight. Yeah. I just. It's just. I just ideas. always. My I just can't sleep. Yeah. But yeah. So that's my week. Good. How good, about good. you? I'm good. I'm weak number four of my barber leaving me out here looking like a crazy oh, yes. mess so yes. it's people, showing for people who haven't people who haven't <laughs> people who haven't been following me on Instagram for a while follow me it's at Alex Reads underscore underscore okay. I was just like my, my barber <laughs> gonna call my barber and I found out that he was just in Jamaica mm. went there like he's gone there for three weeks and didn't even tell me like, so, so you're I, actually not cheating on him because you kind of look rough yeah I'm actually, I'm actually rough but like you know when you're trying to like find your options and you're trying to find things now like, I'm at the stage now where I'm like should I just do it all myself to, no don't then do I'm, that and then I'm like I don't want to jack up my face yeah or my hairline <laughs> so I'd rather you, just not it's do either this. you wait for him and yeah. be the loyal person that you are oh, that I, I know you are oh, no, I'm not waiting for him I'm or, how are you going to just leave me in the light in the, looking the, me crazy that's insane leaving me crazy out here yeah that's all I've been worrying about this week okay. <laughs> the state of my hairline you made me sick <laughs> <laughs> so Kene how has your week been um, I actually spent most of the week trying to get my eight month old son to sleep through the night oh wow so talking about sleep congratulations <laughs> congratulations that's my fourth child okay so I, you don't say congratulations what do you mean? Every child deserves that. It's a blessing. Yeah. Do you find that they, your kids, like, have had different personalities as as children, as babies, or are they much, pretty much the same? Yeah. No. I always thought it was uh, nurture over nature. Yeah. But now nah, I'm not sure because they're just different. Like, yeah. From, from birth, they're just yeah. Different. Oh. And you can see the personalities are really, mm. really. Yeah. Different. How old's your eldest? Ten. Ten years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh wow. That's a that's a good gap. Ten uh, years before yeah, the youngest. Yeah. Ten five. Ten five three and. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Good age gaps. I want to have babies. Do you? Absolutely. I, I want to have babies that I can give away. What? Like <laughs> when I'm like when I'm a bit stressed, I'm like, okay, you have them. We're going through very dangerous ground yeah. right now. How are you gonna? How are you gonna say I want children? But I want to give them away when I'm stressed. I don't understand. Yeah, like no, as in like temporarily, not Shelf like them. you know, like. <laughs> Don't you get that sometimes? Yeah, but give it to your give it to your give it to your parents and your yeah. aunties and uncles, yeah. God, godparents, yeah. and all of that. Like <laughs> Madonna might turn up. She might. <sighs> right? Oh my god, yeah. come and take them. She might take them. <laughs> take Angelina Jolie. Do Instagram with them. <laughs> Ew, it's a mess. Anyway, guys, what are we reading this week? Oh, dun, dun, dun. Okay, guys, I'm so excited because I'm reading. Oh god, Matt Haig's how to stop time yeah i was meaning to get a copy of that it's so weird because it was i literally like i think wednesday or whatever i walked into my waterstones at work near work and i was like okay i need a book and i literally was like i need a book that hasn't been recommended to me because every time a book is recommended or there's hype about it i always feel like i have this expectation so i walked into waterstones and i'm like i'm going to get anything that catches my eye and so I walked in and I was just, you know, strolling. And this book wasn't even like on display in a particular place. It was like shelved with other books. I'm so sorry, Matt Haig, your team needs to really step up. It's been out for a while, um, though. I had no idea. Yeah. I literally was like, I just need a book. About, like, I don't know who, I literally have not read any Matt Haig. Don't know who the guy is, literally. Okay. And so I was like, I just need something new, different. And I picked mm. this up. I read the blurb. It's about a guy who ages very, very, very slowly on he's i think he's like 400 and something 500 something years old oh amazing and he ages really slowly and the thing at the back says you know you can stay alive just make sure you don't fall in love and i was like i have to 
get this book. <laughs> um, and so I was, I'm reading it right now and it's the most, I don't know if I can describe a book as adorable. The book is adorable. It just has so much. And it's so much character, so much It's just so, color. yeah, and it's so adorable. I just, I see it as like, if a book can be a six-year-old cherub, this little baby, but it's about a 400, 500-year-old man mm. on his quest back to to find his daughter and he's taken up a new identity of being yeah, a he's trying to find teacher. his daughter at 500. No, but his daughter is also, has also got the ailment uh, as well. Oh, the ailment. <laughs> We're going to call it the ailment. Okay. And uh, <laughs> there's a particular word that they're called. I forgot the particular name, but we're oh, going to call it an ailment. That sounds good. Well, and, um, yeah, and so she's alive and she's he's like moved back and he's a history teacher taken up and he's trying oh, to teach. That's kind of cheating, isn't right? it? Right? <laughs> trying to tell, trying to teach history by actually like literally having mm. lived through it. And it's, it's just wonderful. So, yeah, I would really recommend it, guys. Matt Haig's How to Stop Time. Can you imagine teaching about the Civil War? And you'd be like, well, well. back in that day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're like, what was it yeah. like? No. And also, well. this is the first book that I've read post-reading Drought. Because you guys know I'm having my reading drought and I've been finding it very, very difficult to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm going to finish this one. Okay. I know. Well, that's I'm, growth. I know. Process and it's a progress. Big one. So I hope, hopefully, I finish it. Cool, cool, cool. I'm reading Zero to One by Peter Thiel. I've not actually started reading it yet, but it's put it in my bag with the intention to read it on my Today. commutes. Yeah. yeah. So he's the founder of PayPal, and it's just a book on startups and how to kind of like start building those kind of companies for the future and mm-hmm. various different why did you pick this questions. specific one up because normally it's you're a self-help guy i'm a productivity kind of yeah person, all of and that. this is the kind of thing but i was looking at this and i figured i do want to get a bit more of an idea of like the world of business but mm-hmm. then also want to see the context within okay. um like you know our kind of age like the twitters and the facebooks and yeah. all those kind of and paypals and i just thought like oh this is interesting peter thiel's in the same yeah. kind of realm as elon musk and yeah i just wanted to like know what he's saying really yeah. and you know like you can never never know too much i guess so it looks really interesting zero to one by peter thiel it's, it's, it's a I've, it's a very bright orange book bright orange book but it's got a lot going on like the front. it's like zero to one to one and then there's all this notes on startups yeah it's, it's a lot it's amazing but it looks good um and i feel like i probably you know there are little things little the like little nuggets in there yeah. just about um enterprising and various different it's fabulous can't wait to get stuck into that thank god and all then. right Kende, what are you reading uh it's gonna sound really cliched but okay. i actually am reading the final speeches of malcolm x oh oh that's awesome i mean but i talk about malcolm x all the time <laughs> but i'm writing a paper about malcolm x as a social theorist yeah um so i have to read a lot more about malcolm x see i only because now when you're an academic you basically read for work yeah so every book's related to some piece oh, of writing or god we're gonna get into that reading for reading your job. reading for your job not reading for your job but what's it like being an academic but yeah i, think so, I was meant to be an academic really yes okay cool. <laughs> it's not too not too late not too late i know not too late oh, but they don't pay but, you guys no we get paid okay it's all right with the with this with what you said the last speeches yeah oh, so it was my. the last speeches the last um from 1965 oh, okay. how are you um, finding them uh, well, I've, I've read it before, to be yeah. honest, so I'm kind of going back. Um, because Malcolm, he, there's this kind of argument that Malcolm changes a lot after yeah. he leaves a nation. It's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's true, actually. I think he evolves. And mm. you can see his speeches in the 60s, 50s, are kind of have the same themes. So that's kind of what I'm saying in this book, in this paper. Yeah. Is that there's a kind of social theory of Malcolm X that we can trace back. So that's it. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Which cool, you can cool. see in the book, actually, Back to Black is 
sort of a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. But it's more specifically it's a lot of yeah. a lot of Malcolm in here. There's yeah. loads of Malcolm yeah, in here. Yeah. <laughs> when I did the um, when I had the Word document, there were 246 pages, and I did like a search for Malcolm, and it was 236 times. Oh my god! It came up in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it should have been called Back to Malcolm. The <laughs> <laughs> retelling of Malcolm's radicalism. <laughs> no, that'd be jokes. But yeah, okay. All cool, right. cool. We'll get into that in a bit. So, who's lit this week? This week, guys, who's lit is Galdem. As you guys know, this amazing publication, they have taken over The Guardian weekend this weekend. And the issue is written by all women of color and non-binary people of color. Mm -hmm. So a massive shout out to Live Little, Charlie Cuff, um, on something. And the team. Yeah, and the whole team for doing something so amazing. Literally this morning, like obviously we record on a Saturday, so came out this morning yeah. and I literally like before coming here picked it up. And I'm really, really looking forward to getting stuck on, like stuck in it. Yeah. Um, Michaela Cole's on the front cover, looking all beautiful, there glamorous. Are so many black women on front covers in this, in these next few months. Like it's just so been this morning actually on um, it's amazing stuff BBC Breakfast. They had um, uh, I think it's is it Karen Hunt? She's basically one of the fashion editors on L UK, and she was having a conversation about how black women are there was this idea that having a black woman on front covers won't be able to sell issues. But then currently, you know, the September issue is in fashion for fashion publications. is like this amazing big thing that everyone looks forward to. And we've had a lot of covers, uh, Vogue UK, Vogue US, Elle magazine, um, mm. Porter, which has the amazing Lupita, um, soul sister. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So it's quite amazing that black women are in these things. But my, my only concern is, is it that they're going to put them on one issue on September and then forget about them all the other times? Yeah. And how many times do black women come up within yeah. the issue in, Not, its, in of itself? Mm. So tokenistic, I think so. Yeah. My thing is, I just, yeah, I don't want it to just be a season. Like exactly. everybody's like, yeah, so we've got, um, we've got the Slain Your Lanes book. We've got um, Chidi's book, mm -hmm. the, you know, What a Time to Be Alone and all these yeah. things. And, you've got all these books out that are doing amazingly well and they're doing fantastic and people right. are doing and writing things and putting, getting themselves put out there on yeah. all these pages. I just hope it's not just for a season. I hope that if somebody decides to write something like that in the next two to five years, that yeah, it will think, still get the same kind of... Yeah, I think you know? the, the Black British Renaissance is very much combusting right now. It's very much like it was happening and it, it had a a track so it was people working working and now we see the fruits of their labor and, and how much work they've put in i just hope that the smoke doesn't settle and we don't get nothing else yeah but i guess the only way that happens if we continue talking about it and we continue doing the work not just like oh you know what they've done it they've got one book out let's let me just chill and relax you yeah. know what i mean yeah so i don't know hmm. let's hope it we'll see but anyway yeah. those, everybody in that list is lit and yeah, congratulations. And we hope to see much more from you guys and we can't wait to read. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so this week we have, as we said, we've got Kayla Andrews here. Um, we're going to be talking about his book, Back to Black. And first question I really wanted to ask was, what's it like being a black academic in the UK? Because I know that we see a lot of That's these things. Of I know, we see a lot of these <laughs> contexts in the US. And you know, we've got all these black academics that have written so many books on blackness, on yeah. the system and all these things. We have very few 
and we've had very few throughout history, like within the UK scene. We've had the prominent ones, yeah. the Podmore and Stuart Hall and mm-hmm. various people. But what's it like being a black academic now? Um, <laughs> it is. It's there's not that many of us, so I think one percent mm. of all academics are black. Yeah. Um, oh God. And the higher you go up, there's less and less. So out of eighteen thousand professors, full professors, there's about less than a hundred. Uh, so typically you're by yourself you're not in a department with any other black people mm. uh, but we're a different entity so at Birmingham City University Sociology and Criminology we have now we have seven full time seven <laughs> seven black full time members of staff wow. that's okay. amazing which literally is probably more than every other university for about 100 mile yeah. radius yeah. put together so oh, it's man. a bit different for, it's a bit different in that sense yeah. you're um, the first I guess UK professor who's stud- like teaching black studies um, yeah, so I'm not actually a professor, but everybody calls me a professor, so I just yeah. go here, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, Black Studies, the first Black Studies um, degree course yeah. in, in Europe. Yeah. How yeah. did you manage, I mean, did you put a proposal out for that or was it something that people in the sort of academic institutions told for you to, hey, would you mind doing this? <laughs> no, that would yeah. never happen. Jeez, exactly. No. <laughs> we, um, so I got the job at Birmingham City University like four years ago yeah. and it was me and Dion Taylor who's still there were okay. the only black staff um, they put me in a senior position and they started giving us jobs mm. um, and we just said well let's get black staff let's do black studies as mm. research and then over a few years we ended up with we think we recruited three black women in a row actually which again unprecedented and wasn't as mm. easy wasn't easy at all but it managed to get there anyway yeah. Yeah. and then so basically when we had we did a lot of black studies research black studies international stuff and then we had all the, the staff that no one else has so I just went to the university and said let's do black studies no one yeah. else can do it so um, it's an opportunity yeah. and the university said yeah okay. so it, it was actually way harder than it sounds yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but that was basically that was basically yeah, that's that, the footnote version <laughs> yeah. but so okay so within a black within, okay, within a black studies course so I was um, talking about this with one of my friends about in the states, they've got diaspora studies. Mm-hmm. They're not diaspora studies, really. They've got they got like African American studies, Africana yeah. studies, yeah. and whatnot. When it, black studies in the UK, what are, what are we looking at? What kind of content are we? Yeah, so it's um it's broad. So one I think is, and you see in the book, the blackness is it's not like it's not black British and it's not history. So mm-hmm. those are the two things that co- commonly get confused. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of history in the course, obviously, um, but it's more about. Um, kind of the, how do you understand the ex- mm-hmm. experiences, contributions and perspectives of Africa and the African diaspora. So some of that's in Britain, some of that's in the Caribbean, some mm-hmm. of that's in Africa, some of that's in America. Uh, so it's quite a broad scope in that sense, probably more like diaspora studies. Um, and then we do black feminism is a huge strand and one of the specialisms in research. Uh, oh, politics. I want to take this course. Yeah, no, it's a, I mean, that's a, that's a, in fact, black feminism is, in terms of black studies, is the probably the most developed part of black studies. Yeah. Is it focused on... Like, for example, when I read Patricia Hill Collins' Black, Black Feminist Thought, mm-hmm. what I found quite annoying about, I mean, I think it's an amazing body of work, but it had such a focus on the Af- African-American um, yeah. female experience that I didn't feel that I was represented at all. Oh, really? I saw some things, but mm-hmm. it was so... Because I feel like the the particular african-american experience dealing with the slave trade Mm -hmm. and and coming out of that is so particular Mm -hmm. that as a as an african diasporic woman coming from east africa to britain (laughs) i didn't know how i it's kind of i just i just thought there was a gap there that i spoke about when i told Mm -hmm. you i read it there was a definite gap there that i felt um that i'm like who 
what black women can do the black British female experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think even to be fair, even for the, in Britain and black academia in Britain has been largely Caribbean based. So mm. the slavery narrative is still there. Yeah. And so it probably ties more into like the American stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, that's changing as well. I think, especially when you've got people who are born here and you, like you said, you've got people from Africa. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's developing, I think, and it's changing. But I also think that the American stuff is good for some things. So yeah. I actually think Black Feminist Thought as an idea yeah. is really powerful. Actually, Patricia Collins good. came and keynote at one of our conferences. Yeah. Um, we work with her quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I see your point. She's amazing. Um, <laughs> and I think it's, it's definitely changing and yeah. developing, I think, then. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, so before, we're not going to touch on Beyonce now. However, <laughs> um, in the beginning of this, you talked about how... You talked about black nationalism mm -hmm. and how that's very different to black radicalism. Yeah. And it almost sounded like black nationalism was a safer option in my head. Safer, like, what do you mean? Like, you can get a bunch of black people talking about how proud they are of being black, mm -hmm. but it's still within the social constructs within the idea of you mentioned a nation within a nation mm -hmm. so us as black people we can be proud we can write all of these books but if it's not changing the, the cultural and the political and economic climate of the, the nation you're not doing much yeah, so yeah. i'm thinking and I, that, that's that's a sense of safer option of mm -hmm. being black or being trying to be radical um and you mentioned the idea of well, so, so in that sense, you kind of said taking yourself away from this racist country or whatever place that you're in and setting up, you know, whether it's the Nation of Islam saying we want a different home somewhere else, we want a plot of land yeah. and all of these different factions of people championing being separate. Mm -hmm. And you were like, in the end, you were like, well, that, that's not going to work. And I completely agree. However, at the near the end of the book, um, you talked about how sometimes separatedness isn't always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how? <laughs> so as in, I'm I'm taking it in a yeah. where is the middle ground? Yeah, what are we okay. supposed to do? Like, <laughs> that's, that's basically yeah. where I ended up. That's, that's where I ended yeah, because I was like, okay, on yeah. one end I confused. see it, on the other end it's like, oh, okay. So I'm like, when I read that, I was like, okay, well, but but in the beginning, yeah, so yeah, I was okay. trying to, yeah, yeah, so I'm like trying to be like okay like yeah. can they yeah, tell yeah. me what it is that i'm supposed to do yeah. <laughs> all right the first of many i'm sure malcolm x quotes um this what does malcolm say he says the word separation has been misused mm -hmm. it's really about independence and that's the difference so it's not about saying we want to have a separate bit of land so the nation of islam was like let's have a separate bit of land yeah. serve. or even the haitian revolution mm. which i think i talk about in the book yeah. as well um it's a revolution they revolt they've got this own separate bit but end of the day if you're surrounded by capitalism in the west and that system that's oppressing you is still there. It don't, you, can be a, you, never, you can't really be separate. Yeah. And so what we're trying to say is that you need to have independence, mm -hmm. which looks like separateness in some senses, because you yeah. are saying Pan-African Revolution, et cetera, et cetera. But it needs to be done in a way that, that really... I mean, the book ends on the line, I think, as we leave the house, we need to bring it crashing down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the West is the problem. And as long as the West is there, it's always going to be the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about building it independent rather than a separate. Yeah. So space. with regards to, like having that independence is it a matter of saying i think we talked about you talked about touched on idea of keeping um black wealth within black communities just as how other communities have done mm -hmm. so and so how exactly are you going to establish that whilst also crushing the system 
this is the contradiction and you picked it perfectly right it's mm-hmm. actually if you look at if you look at what the politics is it says that we should organize we should come together we should yeah. pull our resources right that looks a lot that's like pan-africanism black, right that's yeah. pan-africanism but it's also yeah. that's a big part of just black nationalism black yeah, right? yeah definitely and you could definitely do that in a way that wouldn't help that would make you know you could have like italians in america did very mm. very well by pulling their resources etc etc but America's still America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so got, that's not kind of not the point, right? The yeah. point is to say, well, how do we develop a different, separate, not separate, system, independent yeah. system? And the only way to do that really is on the African continent because the African continent has the resources, it has the tools, it has the, to actually be <sighs> yeah. properly independent. So it that's could do that, ends. but my mm. only concern is um, international investment in Africa is out of no, this world. Uh, oh, yeah, China just goes in there, takes yeah. it apart, says we're gonna have, we're gonna build a bridge, but you know there could be this much of corporate responsibility. We yeah. might give you jobs, but as soon as that bridge is done, we're out. Yeah, and I feel and like you don't have jobs. Yeah, and I feel like what you spoke about in the book as well is about when we, when these countries needed that support mm. or they didn't necessarily, they, it was still that crutch they had to. They were Precisely. Like, yeah. Oh, it's like you know when you leave a. You know, you go to university, right? And you're like, your, your parents have just left you, <laughs> like, in, like in, in, the, in, in the halls, and you're like, like yeah. and, then, and then you're like, well, I have no food. And then it's like, hey, mom, can you, can you, can you transfer me some money? Can you wire me some? Yeah. And, but like, obviously, like, in this context, yeah, in this context, it's like, well, we can wire you some, but you, there are going to need to be some concessions made. Absolutely. And, you know, you need to liberalize your economy and do all these different things. I love and that you mentioned how white devils. Yeah, Sorry. the white devils. And then tutus. <laughs> and then tutus. It was just like, all of these nations that we that are so-called independent now have a crutch absolutely and a, and a huge economic debt riding yeah. on their backs and you know i worry when it when we say things like you know if we have to go back to the continent for it to be for us to have a truly independent economy and mm-hmm. systems and whatnot it's like looking into ourselves and kind of being able to do that like um, in each state is that is this kind of well, how this is, I mean this is the problem with the, na- the, na- the nation the nation is the problem yeah right so Ghana, Nigeria Zimbabwe mm-hmm. these are made up by Europe they're yeah. literally made up they sit down and draw out these mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, those yeah. are the problem that's the first crutch you have to get over you say that there is no black is a country the third chapter yeah. you say that we have to organise across across Africa across the diaspora yeah um, and really do that once you do that then you have your power base and then you can organise something totally separate and independent if you like um, and that's the only way forward I mean that really is for black radicalism the only logical thing to do it's not yeah. easy to do but it's that's definitely not easy because I'm thinking about all the different ethnicities cultural differentiations I'm looking at the tribes and and personalities of the different African identities yeah but when did the European Union come as an idea after the second uh, world yeah. war after they, they just and there were seven, and, 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 and there are many, there are many identities and many cultures and <laughs> yeah. many languages yeah. Yeah, yeah here we are trying to break it and everybody's doing madness right now I think if you and this is what Europeans or white people do but and we don't do we don't think long term yeah. like 50 years is a long time 50 years ago the reason the book's called Back to Black is saying 50 years ago this wouldn't have been this, now this sounds like a crazy fantasy 50 mm-hmm. years ago this is a real thing yeah. like the Pan-African Revolution was, was happening there was yeah. capitalism might not have survived and in the next 50 years if we take a different route we could be right back there again yeah, yeah. so that's what it's about right okay <laughs> Okay, so there's a particular line in the book that um, I was a bit intrigued with (laughs) Um, and I wanted to question you on it. Um, So there was a point where you were talking about who can, I guess, who can can go about making this change? Um, Paraphrasing. (laughs) And um, you said that it, in a way, okay, paraphrasing as well. 
Oh, well, actually, I can find it. <laughs> okay, and I was like, ooh, saucy. Um, <laughs> That's a good reaction. That's what you came you to said, do. We, are de- we are deluding ourselves if we... No, sorry. Um, in reality, the black middle class possesses the skills necessary to succeed within Western imperialism, a system opposed to black freedom. We are deluding ourselves if we are looking for the house Negro to solve the problems of the plantation. <laughs> Shaking in water. Honestly, I was like, I was what, like, I'm like what is happening here? I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like this is interesting. I think, and then as, further down the passage, you talk about Uncle Tom yeah. and stuff like that. And I was just right in the corner, wrote yeah. Django, Django. That's what I was right in the corner. Because I was like, interesting, interesting point. So, but yeah, let's um, unpack that then. Yeah. So basically, like, I class myself as working class, although mm-hmm. apparently people. Derek <laughs> um, <laughs> thinks that once you've got a nice job, you're all of a sudden middle class. It's different because culturally working class and it's economically. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah. you know. And so, <laughs> um, and I know I have middle class friends, blah, 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 mm-hmm. who are equally as abhorred by the, the state of the black identity yeah. currently. And so when you said that, are you meaning it in a sort of well, these people enjoy the luxuries mm-hmm. of whiteness and being able to move freely into and out of it. And so they can't possibly make any sort of difference. Or, mean, oh. or, <laughs> or it's like, so that's like actual, like, is it that they, like, if you think you're middle class, mm. you really cannot fight this battle. Yeah. However, or is it like a, a theoretical thing in your head whereby you have to have, if you have a certain mindset, then you can't make that difference. How, how did you mean that? I, precisely, it's, exactly? it's, you know, it's, it's a bit of both, right? So in a sense, it's not saying that middle class, I'm, 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 I'm more yeah, middle class you said than that. people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not saying the middle class aren't part of the struggle at mm-hmm. all. In fact, if you listen to Malcolm X again, House Negro, feel Negro. Mm-hmm. He's not saying that House Negro isn't part of the struggle. In fact, his argument is House Negro is just as oppressed as a field Negro. I'm just as oppressed as the man named on road, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it's understanding that, firstly, and then making sure that we orient our politics to the least of us. The least of us. But the point is saying that from my position, and it's ironic given that I wrote this book, right? <laughs> but the middle class don't get it, can't get it. Materially don't understand because we are too... Imp- we are too comfortable within the house. And the right. only thing that separates this book mm. out, really, is I would say this is, it's not my view. This is the view of a black radical tradition that spans yeah. centuries. Because so is it... it oh, I, I, I find it interesting that you were like... That obviously not you, but Malcolm X was basically saying, you know, the... And he made the comparison, which is like the field Negro is more authentically black... Mm. Yeah. and the working class and, 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 they, and they're like the working class black is more authentic. I don't know black. I have a real so problem with that I was just like where what's happening here <laughs> no I, um, have, a, I have a real problem, problem with that because because I, I, I get it yeah. I get it what you mean yeah, no I get it as well however I think that what it tries to do is it tries to write down certain parameters of what it is to be black mm-hmm. and are we, it, I don't know, I think it might be a bit problematic if we then say that blackness pertains only to the working class. And if we're looking at the work, if we look at the traits of the working class, we mm-hmm. say, well, poor, you know, they're, they're, they're in poverty, they mm-hmm. don't have certain jobs, they mm-hmm. might have not, have not have a certain education. And my only problem is, 
if we align blackness with those types of adjectives and mm. and and ways of being, how can we progress? No, no so I guess the point the point is that because I think one oftentimes when we say that feel Negro is more authentic, what that typically means mm. is that we say that culturally. Right, so like poor black culture is black culture, and you see that all the time. I uh, yeah. actually wrote a whole paper about this about hip hop, yeah. etc. Hundred yeah, percent, yeah. what I'm not saying yeah. actually, because culture you can have poor black people who are just as much as Negroes. So, for mm. example, gangster rap that's has Negro, that's Uncle Tom, that's the same Uncle Tom in the way that the banker is, if you like. Right? Yeah, actually, let me actually find that passage. <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah. but, but what is being said is that, yeah, and I think this is important. I think this is where the the field Negro is important. Say that to be black is to be oppressed. Mm. And it's, yes. it's diff- when you're in my position, it's very mm-hmm. easy to forget that. But, but when you're poor, the, but you can't really forget it, right? Yeah, because you understand yeah. it and you experience mm-hmm. it. That's that's what I'm trying to say. That, you know. Okay, I get that. Alex has a passion. It's just funny because I read it. It's like it, you wrote, it is easy to point out the well-educated middle-class government-appointed Uncle Tom's, like Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas in America, or former head of the Commission for Racial Equality Trevor Phillips in Britain. So I was like, hmm, okay. Formerly like, of the Black Community, yeah, Trevor Phillips. Formerly yeah. of the Black Community, and then he was like, but then he was like, but we missed the point. We missed the point if we conflate Tomming with the culture of the middle class. A good example of the modern-day Uncle Tom would appear would be a rapper like Lil Wayne who clothes himself in the culture of street to appeal the mass to appeal to the masses but writes lyrics such as I whip it like a slave I was just like <laughs> you know when you know when you read something you're just like wow and it's just like the like the impact of culture around you because you're because you're not really not everybody's looking at it like that do you see what I mean it's just oh this is just music like mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna just get into it yeah Lil Wayne said this Lil Wayne said that but when you mentioned Lil Wayne in there I was like right so how many other rappers out there are just donning the culture and just putting out lyrics that are just you know unfortunately the majority like, the majority of people that's what that's what it is really yeah, yeah. that's what it's become anyway it didn't used to be that but that is where it is man I find that super interesting um so, I feel like I'm interrogating you today. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said that you've had really nice interviews, right? Yeah, no, we're too nice. No we're one's, nice. yeah, okay, yeah. so let's go. Um, I was, okay. Right, so there was, was a particular part when, so you'd wear, let's just get back to the whole black nationalism part. There was mm-hmm. a part that I found really interesting where you mentioned how um, some people think to to be a radical, I guess, paraphrasing, of course, mm-hmm. Um is to just go about supporting any sort of black business. And you talked about the banality of that idea Mm. of black nationalism. Even if these so-called people go against your politics, you just support them and you think all of a sudden you're a radical. So Uh. I've I've been doing this. (laughs) And I'm going to confess, I have. Like a lot of the times I'll support someone and support their business, even, you know, it's not great. But I'll be like, you know what? They're a black sister. They're trying. Mm-hmm. They're a fellow black brother. They're really out here. Let me support. And I thought I was doing like, oh, okay. I think that's all right. But clearly, Kinde, <laughs> we, we, we you, ain't be doing that. I, I read that and I was like, hold up a yeah. minute. So how do you go about? So for example, you mentioned how the only possible solution or possible way in which to be, be a black radical and to actively um, work within it is to go to Africa mm-hmm. with its, all its resources <laughs> and and all the land yeah. and for us to be truly, truly independent as a yeah. black nation. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Mm. However, we're not there yet. No. 
So what can we do as young black people in 21st century Britain, mm-hmm. not only to get there, because by the grace of God, inshallah, we will get there. <laughs> um, but what do we do in our day-to-day lives if not to support blindly? Yeah. Well, not, it's not support. It's, it's not to support blindly. That's mm-hmm. the key. So a lot of this book comes out of practice. And that whole point of the book is also practical. Yeah. To say that we have this organization which mirrors Malcolm X's organization of Afro-American unity called the Harambee Organization of Black Unity. Yeah. And when we started it, we were on the black business thing. And we went, we got, we did this uh, publication and we had a business directory. Where all the black businesses, put the black businesses in there, support the businesses, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it free for like three editions, I think it was. Yeah. And then we went back and said, well, can you pay? Because, you know, we kind mm. of, it's costing us a lot of money, et cetera. And I think about two of them did have about 120 or something. Shut up. All the businesses. And that's where I learned straight away. Those 118 businesses, you don't support, why, why would you support them? If they mm. won't support the organization, you shouldn't support them mm-hmm. just because they're black. But there is a way to do it where you bring along the businesses that, that want to support you, that will yeah. put the money into it, and that's how you go forward. Blindly supporting a black capitalist is a capitalist. Mm. It doesn't really make <laughs> they don't change it. They don't. They're not going to make the world any better. Yeah. So I think it's about how do we build a movement that yeah supports business because obviously we have to get jobs and we live yeah. here and we're not going to Africa anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but has the politics that can take us there eventually? Mm. Is it that we're kind of like looking at capitalism from like <laughs> in a really strange way, like? You know, if you have the money, if you have the money, support the cause. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you have those, um, you put your publications, for example, if it's a good publication, support it. It, sh- it shouldn't be too far out of your your remit to be yeah. like, well, I'm going to just produce it because I like the content, I like the quality. Do you yeah. see what I mean? So where does this thing go? Right? Oh, well, they're just a capitalist and they're not going to... Why do we not part with the money? Like, I don't I don't understand. What? Why don't we part with it? Well, I just, but why... I mean, the business thing is just another is a different example of just because someone's black, should we support them? And there's mm. loads of people who are black you shouldn't support. Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Why would you support Bill Cosby? Yeah. No, I mean, no sense to be R. Kelly. I don't know, this, mm. Like, there's loads of people, right? But we still end up supporting them because they're black, right? Yeah. And it's the same with the businesses. If there are businesses that want to support the community, you should support their business. Mm-hmm. If not, yeah. go and spend your money and you may as well spend your money in Tesco because they don't pay it. They don't make <laughs> no difference. This is true. This is true. Wait, isn't that the... Um, isn't that <laughs> every little help? <laughs> but um, I kind of wanted to ask you like about Pan Africanism. I feel like I was I went for a stage in second year. I don't know why you guys, you and Derek, went for a Pan African stage. I never did. I know I went. No, I think I went for. Okay, I don't even know if this was Pan Africanist. Yeah, but okay. obviously I grew my hair out. I was <laughs> I was God. doing the Afro the Afro pick. I was doing like. Reading up on all these black. Um, this is what happens when you're not scholars. born in Africa. Yeah, this is what happens. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't. You had a, I was you had like... a crisis. Of, you had a crisis of confidence, but then you know. But then, obviously, Jamaican. I was thinking about going Rasta and doing all madness, but um, Pan Africanism. I think that I kind of didn't. I don't think I understood fully what yeah. it was. Um, and at this point, I'm a bit more. I'm a bit clearer on the idea now because at first I thought, oh, Pan Africanism. That means you're excluding the Caribbean. Okay. Like and obviously then I was reading up on Pan Caribbeanism and then yeah. that that whole thing and then that was confusing so I was like you know what let me just not even <laughs> do this because I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm talking about yeah. but do you want to try and explain to people kind of because there might be people that are listening that don't necessarily know what it is they hear it they have a, a they have a, they have a particular idea of what Pan Africanism is and obviously and that's typically Hotepery that comes next to it and you know <laughs> what I mean like and you, you know what I mean but like reading up reading your book and then reading about Pan Africanism and reading about like the where it, where it didn't work where it does work where yeah. all these things would you shed some light on it yes yeah, so the people the Pan Africanism chapter was the 
most difficult to write mm -hmm. because I kind of had a more rose-tinted view of Pan-Africanism mm -hmm. and if you grow up here that's kind of Pan-Africanism that's radical that's what it is but the history is a lot more complicated yeah. I'll be positive about it more <laughs> generally basically what the idea is that you have a unification of Africa across the continent more revol it's revolutionary Pan-Africanism is you take down the borders you have a essentially a United States of Africa that plans the economy and supports each other but also really importantly supports the diaspora as well mm. so if you think about someone like Marcus Garvey who you were talking about my critique of Jamaica earlier okay. Jamaica's national hero basically says Jamaica can't work take everybody out of Jamaica and take them back to, to Africa right because that's how you solve the problem of racism here mm -hmm. is by solving the problem of Africa so the two are connected yeah. the diaspora is connected to the continent yeah. I'm 110% for it really? Thank you. absolutely I mean, can you imagine a borderless Africa? No. Ew. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually can't that imagine that. I, I mean, I when that happens, though. Yeah, I think like. it will be... It's so weird because I remember specifically we had a we had um, Nancy on. Um, we had a young woman on the show and she said, it is harder to fly within Africa. Oh, yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah. Harder to do that than it is to jump... Actually, and go internationally. Actually, it's the same with the Caribbean as well. Actually, the airways is hard. Like they, yeah. they, they're like literally yeah. miles apart. Yeah, and sometimes like you have to, to fly out of Africa to get back <laughs> into <laughs> Africa. And is and I'm like, that's mind-boggling. The, the airways, it's, in, it's absolutely. But that's neo-colonialism. The whole infrastructure is set up to benefit, precisely, not to benefit us, right? Yeah. yeah. And so the one thing that would benefit us is unity across the continent. Mm. The infrastructure is like the complete opposite yeah. for that to exist. Yeah. But then it's like my only concern is if we are trying to get this to happen, <coughs> just speaking practically, a lot of we talk about how African leaders are corrupt mm -hmm. and how they get into the system. The system designed to replicate the so-called democracy mm -hmm. of the Western states. And they rise up the ranks and they don't do anything, essentially. Nope. So us as laymen politically, <laughs> we can talk about it. Mm. But I don't want to seem so defeatist, but it seems like the people who need to make this change more concerned with ensuring that the gold or silver or copper and tea in their countries goes elsewhere let's build a bridge here yeah. and look after the roads to placate the the commoners and and, yeah. and the people that live here but essentially it's all propped up to ensure that western investments uh, thrive rather than internal domestic um consumer stuff so mm. i'm like I don't know. How do you go about making that change? Well, that's the point of radicalism. Is radicalism you reject the roots of a society? Why on earth would we look for the solution in the political system which was put together by Western imperialism? Mm. That, that whole system is a joke. Forget that. We need to do something else. <laughs> do something yeah. different. Yeah. And what that is. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Is build an organization that doesn't have national boundaries, that has a has one in Birmingham, there's one in Kinshasa, there's one in yeah. there's one in um Lagos, that has a proper international, that has the grassroots, because it and if we talk about Africa and we talk we're always talking about the elite. Very, very, yeah. very talking about the masses of people who yeah. basically have no voice. Yeah. So build an organization that's full of those people. And then you just overturn the state. The state's a problem. So yeah, yeah. You want to yeah, I get that, but then how would you get the funding? Because we can have groups and meet up and, and have all these talks and do a few protests, right? Mm-hmm. But, and I get it, the more people we have, yep. the stronger we will be. Yeah. That's it. It's a mass mobilization. But yeah. that is where the West is important. Because actually yeah. we do have access to more money. We do yeah. have wealth. Yeah, mm. if you could politicize that wealth and radical radicalize that wealth, if you like, mm. then that's where you get your money to support to do the thing. Yeah. In fact, I would say what we would do is if all of us took out as much loans as we possibly could. I'd probably get about two hundred thousand pound loan tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, take it out of bank and leave. <laughs> God, we all go. To, we all go together. Yeah, we funded the, the whole revolution. That's, 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 that's actually, actually banks. Yo, you're, you're you're up to something. <laughs> yeah. That's actually true. I mean, we're not telling you, but can you imagine? But if what we about did that? my job and <laughs> my thing, bills? Though, I got the like, pay. <laughs> well, you know, we can find you a place to live. Yeah, yeah. I'm in, double glazing my house. Right? Um, yeah, that's the problem. But, though, yeah, that is the problem. We're all too it. We're all too Yeah. I'm thinking about my house plant that I, <laughs> you know house what plant. I mean like <laughs> I'm work. like I just, I have my deposit. Yeah. Am I going to get that but back? That's, but that's a, like, that's a really good thing because that's a good, that was a very good um piece on the independence um notion because when i was i've had this because i was having this struggle this thought about the uh, the caribbean and it's um and the independent states that are the independent states that are there and how they actually are just like still homages to colonialism and imperialism and literally nothing is necessarily changing yes they are in they are no they no longer have but the the queen is still the head of state (laughs) like literally the queen is still the head of state and you just look at it and you think how are none of these republics? How are none of them republics? And why is there none of that? Why is there none of that thought to make them republics? Because yeah. why should there be a royal family that doesn't even look like they're from the country? There are white Jamaicans. There are Indian Jamaicans. There are various different there colors. Even be royal but, families. but then at the same time, yeah, royal families don't make sense. Does the queen even go? Does the queen even go? To My Jamaica? issue is so we talk about all this, <laughs> sorry, like we talk about all this black achievement that has been happening recently in Britain. Yeah. And after having this conversation, a part of me feels like it's all redundant <laughs> because I obviously I'm very proud and I really wish that every, a lot of more, more black people can continue doing what they're doing. They're thriving. Mm. But I'm th- like now I'm like, one minute, hold on. If it's all within this 
structure and nothing it's just give us the limelight for a bit let me talk to you about my issues let me talk to you how oppressed i am let's have this podcast her talking about how oppressed black people are but we're gonna put it on soundcloud and hopefully you might get a sponsor mm-hmm. and get a few retweets <laughs> oh oh look most of it let's do something with with I don't know the BBC let's let's do something bigger yeah yeah okay and we're like oh my yeah, god yes because, now we're getting recognized yeah, but you know what I mean even, it just seems like yeah. it's all very redundant even, yeah because even recent successes of various things across social media and whatnot I've seen and it's like after reading the book I'm like okay. is, that, is that a success then Precisely. because you know what I mean like it's like your like your <laughs> this conversation yeah, made me so depressed I'm literally like wow like, we <laughs> haven't done nothing <laughs> like, you know what it didn't make me depressed it made me feel like wow I was actually walking around with blinkers on like you you know when you think to yourself right I'm an educated person I've got my degree I've got my this daddy I'm walking around I've read quite a few things I get it and then it's just like something comes out of your comes out of the way and like knocks you off the donkey that you think you're riding and you're like wow that's very interesting I'm feeling very radical at the moment yeah, yeah, and, the, and the point is not to say these are bad things but that we actually no, we have more opportunity now in many ways mm. and more platforms to do yeah. different things so like you use that platform to do something but just, different but like the question is like just think about these things because the stuff that we kind of get shown and like you know a, a lot of people aspire to certain um, the certain institutions to be higher mm, in certain mm. places They're like oh my gosh yeah you made it well done yes well done. yes yes clap 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 yeah. click 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 do all these things and you just look at it now and looking at it now I'm like hmm it's still, is, it, is it a it's success it's not their platform I don't think so because but they're not making money yeah, on it what are you doing but anyway so that's that was kind of an interesting aspect that yeah. came out of the book guys get this book I swear to god you will literally just look at things completely differently. I'm and it will actually just like, make you start thinking critically, you know what I mean? I have an article that I wanted to write and I wanted this publication to get it and I'm like, you know what? Like, what's the point? No, because <laughs> still no. Oh, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, really? Yeah. What can you do for me? Yeah. <laughs> no, because You're just oppressing book. my people. No. But you have to use the the, the, the power that you have, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah you do how what you can. People, how do people even know about this book? One, I'm an academic, so that gives me credibility. Mm. Two, I've been on the BBC and write for The Guardian, mm. so that gives me a platform. Without mm. those platforms, no one reads the book. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we have, you have to, to create, use the platforms that you have. You have to create those spaces. And, the yeah, white spaces. And do what you got to do. Yeah. But um, what I found also interesting was your chapter on blackness. And... You started that chapter of cussing. <laughs> My, I, basically, I, basically, I was like, I texted, wow. I texted Ray. I was like, Ray, chapter five, upside down, smiley face. And, she was, and I was like, like, so yeah. So basically, just <laughs> just to get it out of the way. Okay, we're gonna have a little small moment on it, and then we're gonna move on because this is a very you know important academic talk we're having here. We're not gonna spend it on the beehive. We know where we're going, guys. <laughs> you know precisely. Where um, I get it. Mm-hmm. I totally understand. What was actually said, first of all? Yeah. Oh, so basically, <sighs> um, Beyonce's Super Bowl moment that she had, mm-hmm. people were hailing it, and it, you know, I, I saw it on my timeline on Twitter that it was such a radical movement, revolutionary. She mentioned the Black Panthers. There was mention of it, and she alluded to the Jackson Five, and um. It was just out oh, of this world, amazing, and she's finally using her bla- uh, her platform to talk about black issues. Out of and then Kendi Andrews was like, "Actually, <laughs> first of all, first what of you all. what you ain't going to do is you ain't going to misappropriate the words." Yeah, <laughs> that's what you know. And do. I remember the part when he wrote. I'm going to say he because right now I'm just really angry with him. <laughs> just give it five minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he wrote. 
more power brackets not black power <laughs> to her i was like wait what how dare you um so essentially i get it uh, beyonce it's it's when we talk about black power and black radicalism to do to to do stuff like that on a public platform that as you said is has already been given consent of all of these white organizations yeah. it's almost it's it's lukewarm it's not even you know i get it mm-hmm. however <laughs> ray, ray ray met a very weird duality right now because oh, yeah. she was especially she was at one point she was like am i gonna stand or am i going to look at it yeah no I, rationally, like, what's I'm, I'm looking at it rationally <laughs> and i'm like it makes sense yeah however if if somebody can look at that if police can get angry mm-hmm. about what she said if some far right people can mm. get a bit perturbed in their spirit, then I don't. I. I it's basically prodding. It's, yeah, it's, it's, and it's it might not. It's it not radical. Actually. That I totally yeah, understand. Not, all I'm really saying is not radical. Yeah, it's like, not radical. It's already bad. I mean, you didn't even say it was great. Like it was a great performance. But it was a very good performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Actually, I almost didn't do it because I got. I got about three. That three four days of having to turn my having to turn notifications off on my phone. Yeah, because you you wrote for the you oh yeah you wrote something for yeah the yeah, independent yeah. They put yeah. this crazy headline on there which wasn't really what I meant at yeah. all. And that's got obviously it's clickbait. Yeah, I mean it <laughs> is like a black man saying this about a black woman yeah. at a time when she's yeah. done something. So I can understand why. Yeah, kind of went I probably the... was someone that probably came for you. <laughs> yeah. It might be. I, I could have so been. I, I, I could have been. It wasn't me. It was a past yeah, yeah. me. <laughs> I, I don't know her. Yeah. This but, is the more water, not water damage, the yeah. more explained yeah. version of it. And like I said, I wasn't upset with Beyonce. I was upset with everybody else. Reactions yeah. and like, how they, yeah. That's what, I watched that live and didn't have any reaction. I was like, okay, it's, it's, it's Beyonce, it's good, it's what you expect. And then you okay. went online and you saw all <laughs> yeah, of the... Yeah, for days, for yeah. days and days and days. Yeah. yeah. And that's that misrepresentation of radicalism, which I think is dangerous because we need the radical analysis. Yeah, I think radicalism right now is romanticised in a way. It's like, <coughs> I'm a black radical, let me wear my hair in an afro, let me wear black. Do you know what I mean? It's very romanticised and it's almost now propped up to sell as well. Yeah. yeah something that can it's like anything oh, so if capitalism yeah really annoys me because it can take absolutely anything and just package it up nicely and sell it to you <laughs> yeah and it does this with feminism which i hate especially when i see t-shirts and stuff and people are buying all these things and it's just like i'm a feminist and i'm yeah. like i get it but do you know what you're doing you're giving that to top shop yeah or, or, do you mean, know what like, i mean I'm just, i think that it's just more interrogation it's more knowing where we are getting the the um the clothes from like for example there's a clothing line called sassy apparel which is really good yeah. mm. and like um they create like really amazing like slogans on their t-shirts you know the really amazingly black slogans on their yeah. t-shirts but you know where the money is going to yeah. it's a very like it's a it's a ground it's a it's a grassroots yeah. business company mm. or a black company it's still, capitalism. it's still capitalism but i'm saying that you interrogate where it's where you where it's going to I you see. see what i mean like if it's going to top shop you're thinking as you say like the money's going yeah. it's just kind of like disappearing into yeah. H- hq and i don't know where, where it's been distributed but you know that if it's a grassroots like okay. um black owned business i feel like you know there's a, and, and it's a good quality then you can <laughs> then you'd be like well i want to wear it because yeah. I'm, i know where i got it from 
my ethics mm. are still intact and so is my like integrity i just have a problem I mean? but i have one question for you Kehinde. Mm. can you be a black radical and be in an inter- interracial relationship <laughs> do you know what the timeline because twi- there was twi- this twi- yes. twi- there twi- was this conversation twitter happening. has twitter i'm not on twitter at the minute but i, do, I see things there was people. this um i think there's oh is it called again oh no there's a show called the grapevine have you heard yes. of it mm-hmm. and um it came to the uk and it have a few uk hosts and um, panelists on there yeah and um so there this was, was the conversation this, this is the conversation the conversation was can you be pro-black and in an, be in an interracial relationship mm-hmm. but but i guess for you like when i was reading this book i kind of i was thinking about it and i was like well can you be can you be a black radical and be in an inter- interracial relationship well i mean i think a key part of the book is to say that black radicalism you can get into black radicalism at any point mm. and you may well have a white partner and if you want that doesn't stop you getting into black radicalism mm. I guess and that's a kind of a fudge answer yes. <laughs> because, yeah. but if, I mean I think what I'd say is I was, I was somebody who once gave a talk at university called why I would never marry a white woman right so that that's, that gives you my whole history background <laughs> <laughs> but I think that if we're building a black organisation and we're doing the work mm. It's not that you just, just. I just don't think you would. Not necessarily that it's banned. I just think the logic of it is that you'd probably wouldn't go do with it. it. Yeah, I just not wouldn't really be a debate. Mm, but does it matter? But you think, I mean, if you're if you're doing the work <laughs> offline, if you're doing the work and you're, it, it depends on how you. So somebody depends, said so depends there, how there was this thing where it's like, okay, well, it, technically, it's like it's almost one. There's this aspect of I guess self hate, but at the same mm. time, it's almost hypocritical because these are this person's words. Like you're talking about blackness you're kind of overcompensating for the fact that you've got this white partner who you share a bed a life a love and family and happiness with and they probably have a different very different culture to you it's basically getting into bed with the oppressor in a certain way right yeah. i'm just saying i mean that's what that's what it looks like on the surface that's what you know? it looks I mean, like, like right we are but 20, love we is are love. 20 we right, are 20 right. but it's love not is love. <laughs> exactly love is love, love yeah. and love. and a part of me feels like the power of love is transformative, I think. Anyway. Okay, I'll ask you a question. Could I write this book and have a white wife? Do you have a white wife? Did he not just give a talk? And I, said, <laughs> I mean, I don't why know. I would never. Well, I don't never, know. You know. I don't know. <laughs> never is a long time. You might time. be another white wife. We don't know about this. Well, but um, um, no, I mean, could, no, could you write yeah. this book and be married to could a you white woman? You, I think you could. Do you know what I think? I think in this day and age, it would actually belittle the the book do you see what mm. I mean like I feel like you know what I mean like I would read it and be like well I'm reading it because you know some people won't necessarily no, read it in know, that way I'd be like yes you can but if you're like oh but my wife is white <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> well of course if you didn't know like if you read it and then he told us today <laughs> so that he was do, married it would be a problem right like if I, I don't, yes, I don't know like, you know it would shift because, my, my integrity but, but, but then what do we what Something we're saying is what we are saying is that you cannot align yourself with black values blackness you cannot be full in support of blackness understanding the whole history if you go home and lay with somebody that is that possibly doesn't understand it as much mm. because the learned experience of your white wife or what blackness is, is very different to the lived experience of a black woman who understands. So in that sense, it would be different. But at the same time, how important is it that you have someone who you share your life with that is black and for you to understand? Do you need that? Mm. I think that's the question. The re- I'll give you, the reason I made this argument about why I would never marry a white woman was to say that there is a difference between if you're leading an organisation or if you want to start something, you can't have a white partner. Don't forget about it. 
Because I can't start an organization of black unity with a white partner. <laughs> They're going to get run out. They're going to run out of time. No one's But why? But why? But is it that? It's not, no, no, it's not even that it doesn't make sense. It's optics, <laughs> I think. It's optics. Is it? Theoretically, inside, like your mind, your heart, your soul, I don't know if it doesn't make sense. However, optically, then you're like, well, what are you doing, my friend? <laughs> you want to be about blackness, but you're yeah. in bed with someone that's I not think- black. But I don't, I think it's all optics. Yeah. And that's why I don't think it's, I don't know. I just don't think like, it's... Okay, one side of me saying it's not, it doesn't even matter. You're doing the work. He's making you're, it. You're, you're doing you're, the you're, work. You're doing the way, who you it love down. is who you and love. And you know what? If they get it, because you know what I mean? Like sometimes if you're doing it and you're hiding your, 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 your white partner, you I, feel, I feel like sometimes it's a bit like mm, if mm. they are doing the work, like, you know, um, do any of you watch Scandal? Not yeah. Scandal, sorry. How to Get Away with Murder. You yeah. know, Matt McGorry... Matt McGorry. Anyway, is one it of the, the goofy guy. The, yeah, the goofy guy. He's yeah. always like, be, on his Instagram and stuff, he's always like sharing books and he's talking about. Is his babes black? I don't know actually. Okay. But, he's but very he, well. But, I mean, but, he, but he's like, he's basically, he's doing the work. He's trying to learn things. He's basically trying to deconstruct his own whiteness yeah. to figure out like what, like, you know what I mean? What, mm. the, what the crap is as well. Which and, I think but, you can but, do. But that's what I'm saying. But like, there's several, there are several people who are like that. And if they're in, their, in those relationships, they will make, that However, we're, it, in, we're in a space now where like just being becomes, black is hard right it's now. Image, man. Image, it's always image. been hard, but now it's like people are putting in the work. I do not. I think that in the future, when we are on a level level playing field, then nobody will have an issue with that. When inequality is scrapped or whatever, yeah. which I don't know if will happen anytime yeah. soon. However, I think the issue is now because there is that imbalance because we have that our history, which is so plunged in oppression. It can happen. I think, oh God, like love is so transformative. It can totally change, but I don't think it should take away but from what can this I, can Can I just mention a, sto- a quick story then? But like, you know, we've got those the academics like Stuart Hall yeah. and then George Pod- is it Padmore, Podmore. Mm-hmm. And then, but they were both involved with white yes. partners mm-hmm. and whatnot. And <sighs> I think when I, I don't know what it is, when I found out, when I found that out, I just felt a bit like you. You you felt yeah. like that because, because you think that it because can't I felt because, because I'm just like because I was just like well you know I'm reading you guys I'm learning from you guys I'm trying yeah. I'm f- figuring out my identity with you guys why and does then, that change and then no. and then but then I'm like well because because uh, it depends on your own like um, my own upbringing and whatnot mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm like I'm in a black home okay so this is there's this black academic that gets it and I want to see a black family <laughs> with him <laughs> then I'm like but hold on but why. Because, in, it, because it's just, the knowledge it's that I, he's giving you, yeah, is that knowledge being tainted and diluted in a way? Because, because then, I, because then I'm thinking, then I'm thinking, what is it now that has kind of is your? I'm thinking now, is your view kind of tainted then? Not yeah, because that's the, that's the point, right? Yeah. Like it's not a coincidence these academics tend to have white partners. Academia is white, so you spend a lot of time with white people. Yeah, yeah. Stuart Hall is a perfect example. So he did a lot of work in Birmingham, and there's a lot of like oh Birmingham and the grassroots and all mm-hmm. that. My family's from Birmingham. He was not in the grassroots at all, right? <laughs> yeah. He didn't ever still know black people in Birmingham. <laughs> he, came, he came from an upper-class family <laughs> in Jamaica. And, and he circulated with white people. And that does actually change the politics. Whereas if I'm saying, look, if we're saying black radicals, saying, look, it's, it's grassroots. I work with black people all the time. I'm with black people all the time. Mm. I'm just going to have a black partner. It's not even a discussion. It's just because that's where I am. And if you're not there and you're somewhere else, can we really trust the analysis that you're giving us? I think that's the key word. That, that's, it, does that's it. It kind of like, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like it does, it, it, it kind of, What's the word? Not the authenticity. The, um... Oh, I don't like that word. No, it's not the word. That's what I'm saying. It's not the word. It's, um, 
Oh, I forgot what the word is. You know when somebody, when you like, you know, like when you said, oh, um, you're an academic, so you, this kind of gives it a stamp yeah. already. Like, that, I forgot the what actual word is, but it's that. Sorry. So. Merit? Merit? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I do want to say, you're not precluded. You can have, you can, you could love you, you have a white partner and be a black radical. It's not impossible. Yeah. I mean, not would your white partner be willing to give it all up? For Africa and be part of the struggle. Oh, it reminds me of that film that we watched. Yeah, the um, um, United Kingdom. Yeah, that film was cringe. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it was a and little she, cringe. Yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's a bit that you did touch on though in the book. It's about my uncle actually brought this up to me. I remember having this conversation yeah. with him. My family's from Leicester. We mm. were there, and it was like, and he would say, "Oh, um, there's an aspect of um, being black called negrescence," mm-hmm. and I was like. Mind you, what's negrescence? <laughs> and then he was just like, you know, when you discover that you're black, there's a, there's a process of you discovering your blackness as yeah. you grow older. I, I discovered the it. Way, the way that you dis- the way that it was described mm-hmm. in the book, there was like when you come from when you learn that you're no longer a negro, you are now a black person. <laughs> like this kind of thing, like you know what I mean. But um, did you have a, ever have a moment where you realised that you're black? Yeah. What was your moment like? Um, I don't think it's ever one moment. But I think it was actually going to school, primary school. Like yeah. when I think back on it, like these little things, like speaking part at home and then calling things like a rag and oh, yeah, all this stuff. And I'm just like, flannel. And, a flannel. and then like, oh, oh yeah. So, do you mean a flannel? I'm like, a rag? What? <laughs> like these little, these little things, like those little things that you learn as you grow older, <laughs> but like discovering your actual blackness, I think probably uh, year nine, 10. And we- Oh yeah, re- you went to a white school, didn't no, you? No, I didn't. I didn't really yeah but being in year 9 10 i actually realized that you know my identity as a jamaican british born jamaican person and being part of the caribbean and mm. in that wider scope so you're talking about the music that you all listen to the food that you all eat and all of that and then how that differed when i realized that um you know deji was actually nigerian and i was like wait a minute so you're actually you're actually nigerian tell me more and i didn't realize that until i was year 12 i don't know where i don't know why i was just kind of like well i'm i don't know i didn't i wasn't really concerned with anybody else but i just then i started to open up my eyes i was like oh so we are we're black but we're all from different places mm. i'm interested where's sierra leone where's tanzania where's where's all these places and that's when i started to discover that black is a country yeah. A nice little ending yeah, I mean, <laughs> on, think, my, on my monologue. Think, um, it's so <laughs> different yeah, because I've, I've always been battling the idea of being a black African diasporan, mm. all these words. Because I wasn't, obviously I wasn't born in this country. And so what you guys, like you guys all, I feel like have this black British thing going on. <laughs> and you listen to certain music and your black is very much around being outsiders mm-hmm. in Britain, I suppose. But, but when I moved here, like Zanzibar, I like, was home. I had not met a white person. I think there was one white person I met at the beach once. And so when I came here, I remember I was on the plane and this woman taught me how to eat <laughs> spaghetti uh, with oh. pasta, with, sorry, um, spaghetti with, with a fork. Mm-hmm. Like in Zanzibar, we use our hands. So I didn't know how to eat spaghetti. Mm-hmm. And I came here in January, so it was freezing and I was just wearing a jumper. And the air attendants, they gave me um, the, the blankets to come out with because they were like, yo, what are you doing? It's like freezing out here and you're here with a jumper. So they gave me all these blankets that I actually threw away like two years ago. Yeah. Um, but that the black British identity has very much been like, okay, we're British, but 
oh, we're not really from here. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there is this struggle that I have, but I've kind of made a home. There's that idea mm-hmm. of nation within a nation. Mm-hmm. So the black British identity, I think, is forming that hub now where I feel like the black American experience, that's been going on for so long. That's yeah. been formed and it's really solidified. Like when I went to New Orleans, I was like, whoa. But, but the uh, black British one is growing. Yeah, Kinder makes a good point in the book. So we're just speaking around <laughs> I you. I know, it's like, <laughs> like, it's like, okay, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, because yeah, uh, you, you make a good point about why it's been there for so long, right? Yeah, and I think also, and also one of the points I make is that it's a problem. Yeah. Actually. So that, form, that formation of black Britishness as an identity, which is happening, you see a lot in it. Mm. Um, that whole thing on BBC about black and British and yeah. trying to prove we were, we were here in the Tudor time mm. and all that. You know, it's, this idea that we belong here, for me, is hugely problematic. I'm, I never say black British. I just say I'm black and I'm in Britain. Yeah. And that's as much as I can. I like that. I'm black <laughs> in Britain. I'm black and I'm in Britain. Black in Britain. Yeah. I'm BIB. I'm BIB, <laughs> baby. I like um, that. No, because the thing is, like, with the with America, like, people were transported from Africa yeah. to America. Whereas if you're transported, if you're Caribbean, you're kind of like, all of that energy is left yeah. in the Caribbean, but then now we're in Britain, if that makes any sense. Mm. Yeah. So then you are fine. Like, so America is, is going to have a, a stronger history of these things because they're still there. Yeah. They will go back to the South and go back to, and see plantations where possibly their ancestors were, you know, it's slaves. It's and mad. Same with Africa. Like, people coming from Africa to UK, like, they had that direct link back. It's just... Yeah, but that's part of the problem as well, though, is that, you know, Jamaica was part of, the Caribbean was part of the UK in the same way that the North and yeah. the South are part of the same country. Yeah. My dad came in 60, 60 I think it was. Yeah. He had a British passport. Yeah. Mm. Like, it very much is. The Caribbean is the British South. We just don't yeah. talk about it like that. Yeah. yeah. And so we kind of see ourselves as these voluntary migrants. Well, it's nonsense. No. It's not voluntary about any of it. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that also plays, that's also a problem that we should kind of... Yeah. So how did you feel about the whole Windrush um, scandal situation that was going on? Because there was this huge discussion on it in my family anyway. It was like, oh, we were invited here. <laughs> we built the country. Like this and the other. We didn't come over look, like looking for anything, blah, 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 blah. How do you feel? How would you expect? <laughs> I was surprised. Everybody's so surprised. Like, because mm-hmm. that is that generation particularly had this kind of, you know, we're British because they had, you want to find a really, really pro royalist, go find an old Jamaican. They love, love the Queen, man. Love. Mm. And oh, really my, my, nan, my nan was watching every wedding and <laughs> yes. had every dish. Pictures exactly. of Diana. Yeah, pictures of Ooh. Diana. They all loved that. Everyone loved Diana. Though. You can't even be. <laughs> yeah, lucky I kind of got <laughs> yeah, that. I was young, but I, I still like, loved Diana. Yeah, I was literally <laughs> like, <laughs> love Diana. Yeah. Thought, well, why? I don't know. So yeah, people expect, people came expecting good treatment and got really bad treatment. Mm. Um, people are some we, I don't know what we're still expecting good treatment yeah. 50 years later because it's obvious that we're not we never came as citizens yeah. we came as subjects and we've been treated as subjects whether we're born here whether we're born in the Caribbean so for me it was just a perfect example of, of what the of what, what it is yeah. in, fact, in fact it couldn't have come at a better time because you otherwise we would have had this huge celebration of Windrush and isn't it great and mm. blah 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 but actually this was this is how we should remember Windrush yeah. and it's a bad thing to happen, but the timing of it was actually perfect. Yeah. They were forced to, but then you think about it, like, I think, have, did, did you watch um, Small Island yeah. when it came on? And like, I watch that every so often because it just gives me this, like you do kind of um, hold your breath. I hold my breath a lot watching yeah. it because I'm just like, they're all, you know, they, they're all educated. They're all getting their qualifications. They are very, very uppity. Like, I want to say uppity, they but they're very uppity. like, they are though. They are though. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's this, well, Jamaicans are proud anyway. So they're yeah. going to be very like the mm, astute. But then it's like, as soon as they got to the, and like they were so happy and so willing to leave the, the country, flying the Union Jack, all these yeah. different things. And then they were in the UK and then they were really like, 
they eat they, they, they eat fish and, chi- they eat fish and to, chips out of newspaper yeah, try hard to find <laughs> they, jobs like you know they get laughed out of institutions because their qualifications aren't walks the into same. a broom walks into a broom room <laughs> yeah, she, that, yeah 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 she just kept you know, she kept it but they had to laugh about it but it was just like you know watching that yeah. and that's and that's that's the reality of it but i don't know but that's been around for ages so i don't know why people still it happens a lot like even like with um africans traveling here mm-hmm. you leave home and you, you've got all these qualifications you come here and they're not accepted you now have to be a cab driver or i don't know and is it a, you're a doctor but now you're a nurse do you know what i mean yeah, is it not true that a lot of africans that came over in the early stages were went, were coming to go to university yeah yeah that so there was a lot more educated kind mm. of thing. Yeah, because there, was a, there was a difference. Yeah. yeah, African and Caribbean migrants is a much bigger difference. Yeah. And you yeah. can see that in later the later on. as well. But later on, now it's changed completely. Like, yeah. Now it's completely different. Because I think in the early but stages, can... obviously Stuart, Stuart Hall came over and he went to university and um, various other Jamaicans came over and went to university. But, but it's so weird because in universities, I find there's a lot more african now yeah than there are caribbean men and women yeah i think that's an issue yeah unless, unless they have links with the university of west indies we're not mm. really going to see them because like ucl have links so you're going to see a lot of them there yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but um yeah but that's a key way that neocolonialism continues right we yeah. just we britain educates the elite of african countries who go back and exactly ruin the countries right i mean you get, literally get trained <laughs> how to ruin your yeah economy. That's, yeah because you, you mentioned that in the book as well like yeah <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Not really, but yeah. I always say to international development students, the worst possible subject you could ever teach. Come over to get MA in international development. That's literally the MA in how to ruin your country. Oh, That's man. the point of it. That's the whole degree. Yeah. Radicalise it, man. <laughs> Infiltrate that. Do you have any more questions, Ray? No, I'm all questioned out because yeah. I'm so like depressed. I'm oh, like, no, you're not supposed to be depressed. That's I'm just, no, I'm just yeah. like, we need, we're not doing enough and everything that we think we're doing is great isn't touching the surface. Like, it's not even pinching the ozone layer of change. It's yeah. just, it's it's basically giving us a stage to perform for a bit, make us feel like we're doing a bit yeah. and then packing up the stage and saying, go home. Yeah. So, we're in this stage. Yeah, I think some of the highlights of the book for me were, really, were, were kind of made me raise questions about reparations, about mm-hmm. what that looks like. Also about how do you take how do we step outside of this Western idea of economics and what what an African economics mm. m- model would mm. look like? Um, and I th- and that was it. Like, and then yeah. obviously skin bleaching. People are bleaching out here. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, trying yeah. to look whiter, but yeah. it's just yeah. I mean, guys, get the book. It's like listen. How long did it take you to write it? By the way, uh, actually, writing it wasn't that long. Uh, nine, ten months, something like the last oh. chapter was a day. 5,000 words one day just came out. Yeah. The best thing I probably nice. ever write. Yeah. And it just, but it's really years. It's probably like 10 years of research, different stuff. Yeah, research, different things come to you. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fantastic, guys. That is Back to Black, retelling black radicalism for, for the, the 21st century. century by Kinder Andrews. Go read it. Go read it. Um, so, mostly, mostly flicks <laughs> this week. Um... Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I was actually so shocked when you said that. that I've you, never heard of that film until uh, this morning. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't heard that film. I don't watch that film in ages. And I was like, nah, this is actually too funny that you actually picked this film. <laughs> so, um, do you want to explain what the film is about? Um, yeah, so Don't Be a Menace, it's uh, a Wayans Brothers spoof, basically. So it spoofs the old 
like hood movies, yeah. Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood, South Central, and it just does it. A, I picked it because it does it so well, and it kind of picks up some of the themes of the book as well. You've got your fake African nationalist, you've got racism, you've got police, you've got the police. Um, when so, he wants to be, wants to be, he wants to be white. Really. Yeah, hates himself. Hates himself. You just got, you got all of it. It's great. And yeah. I, I, I want to do a series of um, film showings so we show the 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 hood, the hood movies, and then we show um. and have a have a discussion. Yeah. I think that'd be good. That'd be very good. I want to come to that. Invite me. <laughs> but I feel like that'd be good. Yeah, just, okay. Just, because you know what? Yeah, because that is actually really interesting because I was watching, while I was watching it, as I was kind of reading this alongside it, I was like, so, because you mentioned the part, you mentioned ghettos in the, in the, in the book. Didn't then, it, the, the, the film, they made it look really pretty. Like the street was nice, obviously inside, but like the homes were like, they were much prettier than our estates. Do you know what I mean? That's what the that's what the hood look. Well, I don't know. I've, yeah. not, I've never been to the hood, so I don't well, know. It's LA's, I don't know. LA's got more space. So yeah. yeah, they do have more space. Yeah. yeah, and it does look a bit like. So if you watch, if it's you kind of muddled very much on boys, boys in the hood. Boys in the hood. Yeah, yeah they had the similar like, streets street, and whatnot. Yeah. But um, every so often in the film, there's uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans will be will shout message. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> postman. Yeah, the postman. Like, and he'll be like, and he would kind of make uh, sort of like it will get really deep for like a little bit yeah. and, then it'll just, and they'll show you like the nonsense of that, that comes with all of these films and I feel like I used to really hate the Wayne's Brothers films just because I was like I was like you know this is such a prominent black family this is a this is a family of entertainers this is a family of comedians this is a family that have never won an Oscar or never been in anything that is of some like of western white value uh, western white value but like they are very well trained good actors and I feel like they are, they're built, I feel like what they could build as a, as a black family. No, I'm but gonna, what, but, what can they all, build in the eyes of who? Because hmm. some people think, well, they're, maybe they're, they themselves think that they're successful because they do a certain type of film. But if you yeah. want them to do a sort of Oscar bait film serious. I feel like I just, I really hate it when we just reduce the comedy. Do you know what I mean? When we just reduced to being but that the comedic that the, the the tone. Where is that tone. coming from? Do you know what I mean? <sighs> I it's like know. you want it to be all like hard hitting, but no, I, want them, I, want them, I want them to be in hard hitting films. I want them to be. I want them to be. <laughs> they in do hard hitting films, but, they, but it's but normally they only ever they only have a comedic value in films. This is what yeah. I mean. All of them, every single one of them. Mm. <laughs> like yeah, um, Damon Wayans is in. I forgot what it's called. It's, it's in some police show at the moment, and. I'm watching it and I was like everything that you're saying is, is just is for comedic effect like I know that you are a comedian by nature that makes some like obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just like everything you're saying is about comedy everything they are in is is a, com- is a comedy yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I just felt like you know where is the you know, that's I why know. I like this film Don't Be a Menace because it is a comedy and it's funny yeah. but it, you know it plays on things like Afrocentrism and yeah. that guy has a white he's really African but he has a white yeah. partner yeah. And, yeah. The, poli- and the the scene with Bernie Mac, the late Bernie Mac, yeah. where there's a police officer and he pulls over and mm. has he hates black people and stuff. It's funny, but it is telling you it is also political. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a hyper intense. But then, is it a critique? Is it a critique on the on the hood films? In it's a critique, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not. Because um, that's what is it when when his mum drops Trey off and she's like, "Am I going to see you later?" And she's like, "He's like, you know, honey, you don't see you, black, you, you, black, you, you, black you, 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 never, you never see positive black positive females." Positive females. <laughs> and I wish that I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I was like, that was, um, was it Vivica Fox? She but was amazing. I, I was just, that lie, I was like, I yes. was cracking up because I was like, well, actually, yeah, in, in the book, in the film, Boys in the Hood, we never saw the mum again. Like, well, literally, we saw her for a little bit, like every so often to administer discipline or, you know what I mean? But we never and saw you, her again. When you do see them, they're probably like the, the, the romantic 
subjects. And they're not. Really... No, in those in those films, they usually yeah. they usually with the curlers <laughs> and <laughs> shouting at their sons or something like you damn. Get the fuck you, out of here! <laughs> like, the grandmother, the grandmother, just wow! I remember just this this woman was ready to fight. Yeah, I was like, what? That's just what I mean about the Wayans films. Like they 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 do all like scary movie one and also, two. Why does the guy have a condom in his head? <laughs> he had weed. I, I was like, this is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Marlon, like, Marlon Wayans, but like. It's the same thing with scary, scary movie one and two that the Wayans kind of like yeah. they did the exact and same Regina, thing. Yeah. Regina Hall is in Hall, it. Hall, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? She was but amazing. They did the exact same thing. It's like you know, overdo the fight scenes, overdo yeah. the slap, the slapstick yeah, comedy of it. It just became. I don't know. I think the the critique of the hood, the hood, but like also because my concern was mm. we're laughing about this as black people and yeah. we've watched these films and we're laughing about them. Now, if we're looking at the white gaze and how if you get like a white person to like if I saw a white person watching this film and they're cracking up, I'd be so offended. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I was like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. That's true. It's a bit like um one of Chris Rock's funniest I love Chris Rock, like one of his funniest skits is black people versus niggas. Yeah. And it's so yeah, funny. Yeah. But yeah, he, I mean, he never did it again because white people loved it, right? They laughed at all the nigger jokes. Yeah. Mm. And there are a lot of nigger jokes in yeah, it don't be a menace. Yeah, but it's for us, isn't it? So yeah, who's it for? for? It's for us, right? We can't watch it. For we can us, enjoy it. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of? All right, so we're talking about radicalism, right? So uh, these black filmmakers. So we've got when we've been like, like the older few, like in the same vein, like Tyler Perry's, yeah, yeah. for example. What do we see? Okay, <laughs> now what do we what do we think about? What do we think about that? What do we think about the, what he's doing? Because you think about, on one hand, you're like, yeah, he's creating employment for these black actors who don't really, you wouldn't necessarily get cast in anything. Yeah. And he's he's doing that. Same with the Wayans. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else is out there. There's, there's many. I mean, of late, as the quality has improved, we see Ava DuVernay. We see um, <laughs> quality has improved because we, it's nearing onto white films. No, no, no. Or, it's not even. It's not even. What it's are just, we doing? Just better writing by <laughs> Ava Duvernay. Yeah, like, okay, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, oh. What's um, sorry? What's the guy who did um, Black Panther? Oh, um, Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, like just. Be- I'm just seeing the change, yeah. but like for so long, it was Tyler Perry. Yeah, I mean yeah. Tyler Perry is and, uh, more power, just not black power. Dude, I think that's the uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not and it has been that kind of buffoonery and do you want to get people jobs and stuff yeah um, it's changing now and it's getting better but even though they're serious some of these films still have the same problem yeah precisely I like Black Panther. Don't get me started on Black Panther because I, I was going to pick Black Panther. And I thought, wait, 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 so wait, 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 wait. Oh, we I thought Beyonce about, was too much. For well, the let's talk about Wakanda then, shall we? Wait, wait, wait a minute. That should have been a chat. Let's, let's, let's talk about Wakanda. Let's talk about Wakanda. Let's talk about Wakanda. Wakanda never, ever, ever. Wakanda. That's the main problem with the film. Yeah. Actually, that come the idea of Wakanda is so problematic and racist. This is that you would have. A place in Africa that has all the resources it could have stopped slavery colonialism poverty but did and we'll just go yeah <laughs> you know the migrants the border yeah. oh it's just a terrible idea yeah and that for me that's the under, that just messed up the whole film yeah oh, you know sometimes you don't have to be so deep with it you know just watch it for like entertainment value you know no I get it I get it I get it and the women as well they're all the women like on the surface it was great but really look at the narrative it's terrible it was what how the fact that they, they kill them and come off the street, fight 
T'Challa and take over and everybody goes oh yeah fair enough mm. I mean that's so crazy that's such a that undermines everything it did positively to mm. women in the movie but wasn't that more to do with the way that culture and tradition because they because like, you have to fight him and then he becomes him. king in it and he's and he's of noble blood so he managed to he can I mean do I don't it. like that idea of noble blood anyway but, but it's so patriarchal really yeah, so what you're actually saying is the whole thing is really patriarchal because it, it comes down to two men fighting even when the, even when he loses where do they go the women who want to change it, they go to find a bigger black man mm-hmm. to fight for them. Oh, like it's, wow. I mean, we think, we think about it, it's crazy. But, yeah. but it makes sense. Do you know why it makes sense? Because I'm people shaking. always <laughs> deal with the black issue first before they... No, people deal with the black <laughs> issue first before they deal with the women issue. Yeah. So this, like, Black Panther, Wakanda tried to tackle blackness. Mm-hmm. It had, did not tackle women. Or tried to didn't it? Didn't it? I, I think it did. No, I, I think, tried to. Right? I think it just said, "You can be a warrior, you can make technology, but you can't be queen, or you can't." Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm in love with you. Be my wife. Mm. Okay, but I'll it. be here. N- Nakia. I find it. I find it quite. I, 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 find, I find it quite powerful that Wakabi actually knelt down to a queer in battle and I felt that really strange. I like like I felt like that was really powerful in its sense. But I guess I see what you guys are saying. But, but it wasn't for her, it was for Wakanda. I mean, come on, in real life, the women would have just killed Killmonger. Right? Throw, throw him out. Be, be, <laughs> this is true, you know. <laughs> but we wouldn't have a film <laughs> again. <then>. So <laughs> sometimes we have to take it when we, you know, we can get it. <laughs> that was a great discussion. Anyway, so where can people find you, Kehinde? Um, So uh, the organis- organisation of Black Unity, which is blackunity.org.uk, mm-hmm. which really the book is kind of this is the organisation. It's not just theory. Yeah. We've tried to start the organisation. Uh, so you can find, it, find out some of the stuff we're doing there. Uh, also, I'm on Twitter. It's at Kyindy, K-E-H-I-N-D-E underscore Andrews. <laughs> and I think Instagram's the same, I would imagine. Yep. Yeah. Kill, kill, kill. Do we have any announcements for this week? Oh, we are going to be at Cheltenham. So please... Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Guys, so we're going to be at Cheltenham Lit Festival... And uh, we're going to be talking about a book. We don't know yet what it is. Yeah, we're going to be doing that. Something radical, I hope. Just check out <laughs> mostly-lit.com and we've got a few events coming up and we've got a few things to announce soon. So yeah. stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening once again. Yeah. You can catch us at Mostly Lit on Twitter, Mostly Lit Pod on Instagram and email us at mostlylit at gmail.com. Yes. I got it right thank this you. time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you hit us up where you want to hit us up. And make sure you go and read yeah, drop Back us, to Black. Yeah, drop us an email with any thoughts that you have. All right, guys. Catch you next week. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm Derek. <laughs> and I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. Welcome back to another episode of Mostly Lit. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.